part, you never want none. none. The beef starts, beef starts, and run them out. Run. I don't get out with bitches and the crooked shady bitches that want I'm doing away with the comedic horse shit. Momentarily, to pay proper respect, yesterday, if my Twitter feed did not deceive me, um, at the age of 57, Shock G, a.k.a. Humpty Hump, left this earth. Damn. Um, I just want to say thank you, Shock, a.k.a. Hump, for incredible music you and your crew, crew made. Just one of the best, joyous, hedonistic, creative, and you're a force in fashion, too. I can only imagine you now in hip-hop heaven at the premium buffet breakfast line that has everyone or Shock's just loading up a plate and Fife Dogs right next to him going, hey, Shock, tell me what's in this one. <laughs> Hero of Hedons. <laughs> tell me what's in this one. Uh, no, it, uh, which is weird that I imagine a hip-hop heaven that does not cater to people who are shorter. But there you are. Rest in peace, Shock G. Rest in peace. Keep on doing the hump with Breakup Gaming Society, uh, the world's least responsible pod, uh, board game group. You are here with me, uh, Fator the Tainted. I'm joined by... Bademieux, comme ça va aujourd'hui? Yes, man. It's just the two of us at the Hilton Garden Inn, which is... This has to be... I'm white, and the whiteness here fucking freaks me out. Tell me about it. I just introed myself in French. I feel pretty white right now, and I was uncomfortable in the lobby. That's because, um, as, as we know, they're doing a relationship seminar. There are couples all over the courtyard doing workbooks. Like, the workbook is going to tell you how to stay together. It's such a... It's, it's dismal, man. The science of the art... Of love. <laughs> exactly. They, they, they're going to get their optimal match numbers, and they're going to be, like, kicking the buzzwords from the uh, thing back and forth. Like, you know, for two weeks, they're going to be at each other's throats again. That's my prediction. In this podcast, it's very simple. Um, we get in a hotel where we're marginally welcome. Um, we're not, we are without John, HP, and Peter Pan. They had other uh, obligations, which is strange to me, but we're going to talk about booze. We're going to talk about board games, and we're going to talk about hip-hop, and we're going to do it until we can't form sentences. That's Damn the show. Straight. Shovel the pile bits into an Uber and get the hell home. That's the plan. We'll be right back with game, uh, sorry, drink of the week. Drink of the week. So, B, I was telling you, uh, on the drive over, I've temporarily hit the end of my leash in terms of drinking straight tequila and bourbon. Right. Uh, it was kind of a lonely, insane winter down in Starkville, and there was one night I was sitting out on my fourth or fifth, no idea what day of the week it was. Fourth or fifth day in a week of drinking, <laughs> fourth or fifth drink in the day. The, take your pick. Good good point. Fair question. And I was sipping some Dickle number 12, which is good, but every cell in my body screamed, I'm ready for something else. So I went back to one of my old flames, Stolishnaya. How can you not like Stoli with the... I just wanted something clean and with beautiful, classic packaging. So I bought some Stoli. We're drinking it here. It's very simple. We took an ounce each. We shook the fuck out of it till it was cold, and now we're going to drink it. May you fight long and well. May you fight long and well. Hmm. <sighs> That's just, I've been, I don't know what, what's going on, but I've, I've, been, I've been needing that. I used to drink Stoli. And my call drinks back in the 90s, early 2000s, because back then there were all kinds of vodkas hitting the brand that were triple 
quadruple, quintuple distilled. After, but I want to know I'm drinking booze. And Stoli has just, it's not rot gut, but it bites you. But it has, it has some character. And plus, I have to admit, I'm influenced by the whole, this was like airlifted from old Soviet Russia this morning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, there you go. Uh, I think that's what we, we checked in maybe an hour ago. That's our fourth shot. Yep, might as well. Had one cigarette, four shots, bullshit with the lobby lady. Yeah, who, by the way, turned out to be accommodating. I, I, apparently, I was too high energy coming in there because she, I, when I snapped down my ID and credit card, she asked me what was wrong. I'm like, nothing, providing we get a room in short order. She looked at you like you were on fucking ecstasy. She was like, should I call somebody for this man? He's a little too excited to get a Hilton Hotel. Yeah, I know. I, 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 it was very bad vibes, and I didn't even say anything yet. Anyway, um, that was Drink of the Week. Stola Shania never fails. Um, we're going to do a doubleheader tonight where Bartimew is going to take off. Uh, he's going to kick off Drink of the Week for us, introduce us to something that has not been consumed on this show. But um, in either case, we'll be back with Game of the Week in just a sec. All right? Thank you, dorks. Game of the Week. Fator the Tainted and Bartimew on the mic. Ferdinand Barden, you back for Game of the Week. This is going to be interesting. We said a doubleheader. Um, it's weird. You know, uh, one thing that has... I noticed that an interest in altered states is definitely one of the social glues of our group. Oh, for sure. But Think when about it, Victor Colorado, our last couple of episodes. I, 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 I was traumatized reviewing them. And, but, you know, we haven't had a game. But I've had this game. Um, it was on the hot list. I don't even know how many years ago. Then a couple years after that, it turned up at my favorite board game store, which, by the way, is Gamer's Haven on Academy Boulevard in Colorado Springs. Fantastic store. Beautiful people. Shout out. That's a free bump right there. Yep. And um, and so for the last X years, I've been carrying around this shrink-wrapped version of Cry Havoc. Like a fucking collector's edition. Right? Um, it's a two to four uh, asymmetrical... Uh, player uh, strategy game and here's why I picked it up because my north star for a four player asymmetrical strategy game is chaos in the old world which is a masterpiece and I'm like I wonder what this is like and by asymmetrical I mean you know how in some games you're like I want to be purple because I like purple but it doesn't really matter whether you're purple or red and this one whatever faction you choose is going to have a big impact on what the strategy used for the Unique game buffs. is. Yeah. So in Cry Havoc, let's just talk about the, it says a deadly intense, oh, we'll see, strategy game for two to four players. Deep in a quadrant of space believed to be empty, empty, a virgin unexplored planet has been discovered by three unique powerful species. The resources of the planet are abundant beyond belief, but are protected vigorously by the indigenous species known as the Trogs. And in this, you will recruit your troops, you give orders, you will lead your army, and with unique tactical battle systems, you will achieve victory. Or, at the very least, here's our goal for tonight. We're, for this segment, all we're going to do is rip the shrink, a- shrink wrap off and figure out what the fuck happens. And then, in between this and the next episode, we're going to try to make some sense of the rules, see if we can set it up and play a round or two. Amen. So, Bartimeu has pierced the shrink wrap. Here it comes. Oh, yeah, just, just like a prom dress. All right. <laughs> so 
sorry, that was a rapey joke. Uh, I, I retract it with apology. Everyone beware of April 24th. There have been some strange things being spoken on the internet. So what do we have? We have a large, glossy rule book, but beautiful illustrations. Oh, pardon me. Look at these counters. Wow. We've got very unique uh, concept art right here. It's matching the rule book. Everything is its own depiction of the universe that you will be playing in. Yep, and it looks like there's four boards of cardboard cutouts that are specific to the factions. It's all punch-outs. So that way you can keep everything in mint condition until the moment you're ready to play. Yep, and boom, more counters. Look at those beautiful pieces. Look the most interesting thing about this is you're going to be within three factions. You'll pick one of three and you will be trying to eliminate the indigenous species of this board game. You have more indigenous than you do of any faction when you talk about how many units you'll have. Is that true? Yeah. Oh, nice. So every single faction has 12 units that you can be, you know, deploying, whether it's uh, for strength or for uh, tactical advantage, spreading out your troops. You have 12 of each. You have 16 indigenous species overall. And I have just folded out the board, which is a beauty. Um, just... You could side a house in that. Feel that. Yeah. That is quality components. Damn right. You've got canvas corners to make sure none of this cardboard uh, overlay is going to get torn, ripped, tarnished. All of this paneling, all of this ink is going to stay in mint condition. And it looks like there's a big counter on the side, a map of the world that's uh, under contention, and look at this. Look at the minis. Wow. That's got to be... Several dozen yep. You've miniatures. got 3D miniatures for all of your factions. Then you've got stand-ups, little uh, plastic platforms for every punch-out cardboard piece. You've got that standing as well. It's like a real, you know, it's a whole battle map. And there's a bag of bright plastic gems and a deck of cards and a smaller deck of cards. And I love it when they do this. They give you your own three sizes of baggies so later you can organize the game as you like. And look at this at the end. Even more cardboard to punch out. Absolute perfection. And, and tell me how long this rule book is. This rule book has got to span at least 12 pages in some pretty small print. It looks like it's to be read. Uh, Dude, 12 pages isn't bad. Once you get <laughs> up into the 20s, that's when you just. Yeah, 12 pages in size 8 font. You're reading it backwards almost like a manga. So, so the um, four factions are the machines, which is some AI race, the pilgrims, which looks like some. Transmorphic something. Um, Powerful technology and research focus. You're basically talking about people that believe technology is metaphysical. Nice. And then you have humans, which just looks like you know, looks like standard grunt, command and conquer. Humans are resourceful and flexible, invading factional. Of course they are. And what's the deal with the machines? The machines are slow, methodical, and unstoppable. This describes the unrelenting drive of the machines. Highly focused on building aggressive offensive and defensive structures, the machines slowly turn the planet into their fortress. Nice. Slow, yeah. calculated actions. They might not seem the quickest to respond, but, but the but reason being is they will succeed. Games end, you realize they own all the bridges and roads. It's a game of chess, not checkers. Right, and then let's talk about the trogs. The, uh, you have the uh, opportunity to play as the, 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 the home team. Right, the brutal, primitive, and tribal species indigenous to the planet. Uh, like I was saying, this, more of these than any faction. Um, and by the way, in, in this day and age, that's pretty loaded language, but let's go ahead. <laughs> trogs, indeed. A successful trog player must carefully manage their reserves. Trogs can use their skills to remove units from regions in order to place, move, and resolve trog nest tokens. Oh, they can, they can, oh, so they can like tunnel underground and change the whole game state underneath your feet, it sounds like. 
In doing so, trogs are able to ambush the invading species at the time and place of their choosing. Good for them. Any time per turn, which makes up for their lack of powerful structures. Guerrilla warfare. And based on my readings into history, which we've talked about, I'm I'm already kind of feeling sympathetic for the trogs. This is their planet. They didn't ask for any of these other assholes. Exactly. Trying to colonize on land that has already been colonized. Although I have to tell you, I can understand why, because those jewels are pretty... Freaking good. So anyway, we've just opened and done a wildly quick overview of Cry Havoc. Um, In episode two of the series, we will have read the rules, punched this cardboard, picked a faction, and maybe tried to mess around with a little bit and play a game and see if uh, we can talk about it from a, a game review standpoint back in a moment with Track of the Week. One more thought before we do proceed to track. What, what makes me curious about this is, is with these low headcount games, Chaos in the Old World was a beautiful game, but frankly, only fun with four people. Right. And then it was fantastic, but it didn't quite scale down. If you played against uh, you know, a second player, just two people, there wasn't enough drama, enough weird decisions being Not made. Not enough chaos in the old world. Touche. So what I'm curious to see is if the designers of this game kind of paid attention to stuff like that and made it so it's scalable, tense, and cool with only two players. Maybe we'll find out. Maybe we'll just get kicked out of the hotel. All right, see you in a few. Track of the... Get this barbershop quartet bullshit out of here. What the hell yeah, is this supposed to be a Dan, Dan Geritol boy band you got going on bullshit. here? Wow. That is stupid. Fucking Next. Garbage. Relax and take a seat. Oh, Sit God. back and play the beats and blast it in your Jeep. Stupid. It's the track of the week. I'm ratchet in the streets. Talk trash to the geeks. Get smacked in the beat. It's the track of the week. Fator the Tainted and Bottom You on the mic. Back for track of the week. Um, Being that we introed the show in homage to a, a, a passing rapper. All I had to do was stop and listen for a minute to decide what this track of the week would be, which is homage to another passing rapper taken from us at age 49, the enigmatic and wildly talented MF Doom, uh, who passed last year. And also because of my circular crate digging activities, I came to too late. By the time I was starting to really listen to his disc- discography and realized what a force he was, he, he was gone. Amen. Um, and I'm going to just play one of the many tracks I now have of his on, on one of his projects. He appeared on many projects under many names. Um, this is The Fine Print by King Ghidra. Back when it was greasy ass curl, now it's easy dread. Had a rhyme on how they used to tease him about his peasy head. Yes, yes, y'all to the beat. Have a ball, have a call, have a go away, grab a straw, jab a jaw. Since two tone leasies, new phonies is bony holes, lonely like cheese and bologna only. I could have broke my sapophiliac, silly grind, Billy Jack, Illy Nine, Millie Black, listen to it go bang, through and through a kango, a strange combination of a kango to slang flow. Two thirds slow, one third of Okay, so a couple things. Not only did I, his deadly laid-back delivery, but the fact that whatever whoever produced that, 
um, built it over a heavy beatbox beat. Yep. Human <laughs> instrumental. Um, if I had to guess, I'd say it was a slowed down, mic'd up version of the beatbox from uh, a Boogie Down production song, but I'm not sure. But then there's also something that I do know, and you, you'll hear that, that little punchy vocal stab they use, or just go boom, boom. That yep. was the very beginning of a Bismarcky vocal okay. sample from his first album in like 1987, where he's going funky, but they're just taking the part and just goes boom. Yep. And using it as a, as a, as a stab accent. Right. But, Turn but, one man's speech into a pitch, a single note. Yep. And so, but that that's me. I've listened to it 30 times. First time through for you. Right. First time through for me, uh, my initial thoughts were something mixed in between Biggie Smalls and, uh, uh, you know... It was it was really hard for me to uh, put a finger on. No, I was thinking about actually the first thing you said was pretty interesting. You said a cross between Biggie, Ghostface, and it was Biggie, Ghostface, and man, I can't even remember at this point because the main focus after the first minute of the song was over, all I could think is Binary Star, Gang Star, that old school kind of cipher that you know when to go in between wrapping your your rhymes, your verses to have them linked together, and when to just switch off. Not even acapella, but stop rhyming. Just start spitting your words and, in and, the right cadence. And even though it's not in its in and of itself a great punchline, there's that one part where they, they do a, a minor beat breakdown, and and whoever he's talking about, he says, and it doesn't rhyme with the previous line. He goes, and he can't even hurt a Smurf berry. Mm. And it, and I'm just like, oh my god! Right, that's the sort of stuff that reminds me of the old school. You think about the movie Eight Mile, all that underground in the bottom of a parking garage rap. You've got one guy with a couple of turntables, some half stacks, and a big old crowd of people that showed up for free looking for some good content. And 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 uh, and and I I do I do um, think. Uh, I'm going to just take guesses here. I, I can see the Biggie comparison with the kind of laid-back, almost mush-mouth delivery. Right. You've almost got a little uh, a little Wayne kind of feel to yeah. it, where it's the, yeah. the punchlines, the make-the-people-laugh, a lot of extravagant, you know, metaphors. And, 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 but then just the, the, but the, the flow of consciousness shit goes face. Although his, I think Doob's bars are more lucid. And, and, and have more tissue between them bar to bar. And Ghostface, I mean, I, I fucking love Ghostface. But uh, and but anyway, I, I can see why you would think that. So there you go. Um, that was uh, one of MF Doom, rest in peace, rest in power. Many, many side pr- projects. This uh, is uh, the fine print. is the last track on the King Ghidra album. This has been... Episode one of the Just Fator the Tainted and Bartimew show, where we are. I, I don't think we're more welcome. I just think because we're a little drunk now, things are feeling nicer. Oh, yeah. The flow has been attained. Now it's a mic takeover. Yep. And, and it's still hot and stuffy in this room. So that's it. Uh, thanks for listening. We're going to be back uh, with an entirely new episode where, you know, that game we tore apart and just jabbered about? We're going to try and learn it. We're about to learn some lore. Lord. La 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 la. La 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 la. La 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 la. Do 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 do.